Welcome to this week's edition of Where's My Burrito? I know, again, jarring. There's a fucking intro. What are they doing? They don't do intros. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, we launched on iTunes previously, previously this week, and we had a pretty fucking warm reception. I honestly am a little goddamn touched that we have this many downloads and this many reviews, so I want to say thank you right off the bat. Um, we're doing intros because now that we have a little bit more of engagement with the audience, we want to be able to like fucking address you fuckers directly, right? So as you know, I, I am one of your hosts. I'm Christian, and with me is my uh, my co-host, Mr. Max McCarty. Hey, what's up, everybody? All right, cool. So now that we got that terrible formality out of the way, let me just say one more time. You can find us at the Where's My Burrito Facebook page, which is supposed to be active today. We'll see. Um, And if not, if you want to email, if you want to yell, if you want to ask us questions, suggestions, any of that shit, you can find us at Where's My Burrito 23 at gmail.com. Don't know why it's 23. Apparently, there were 22 other fucking Where's My Burrito Gmails, but... (laughs) 23 is where it landed so again thank you so much i really appreciate it um and now on to the show so listen dude i've been meaning to talk to you about this shit since i read it okay which is like did you hear about this fucking uh filmmaker who got killed over the weekend no he got headbutted by a giraffe I'm sorry, this this filmmaker. <laughs> sorry, your face is so good there. <laughs> I was expecting any other animal, but like you never hear like giraffe homicide, right? You know? Yeah, <laughs> fucking um, homicide. <laughs> I actually, you know, funny enough, I actually watched a video recently of a giraffe giving birth, like oh. a couple hours ago, Why? and it was terrible. And it was um, way more disturbing than this, well, this premeditated okay. murder of a fucking filmmaker. So uh, as a reminder to people who don't know, I work nights. So um, I, I see weird shit on YouTube. I just get into these weird YouTube K-holes or whatever. I came across, I came across some YouTube channel uh, where this guy just takes uh, Bill Burr podcast bits or whatever i listen to every episode so what does he add he he adds video to it he was talking about bill burr was talking about ace ventura um and this brilliant underrated scene in ace ventura 2 when nature calls when uh, jim carrey crawls out of the back of a mechanical rhinoceros um Mm -hmm. completely naked and covered in sweat as if he's given birth uh, or as if the rhino has given birth to a naked Jim Carrey. A six foot um, four Canadian man. Yeah. yeah. And, and Bill Burr is talking about, he's like, it's so fucking good because it's like, it looks exactly like the way he falls out of that fucking rhino looks exactly like how a fucking giraffe falls out uh, when a giraffe is given birth. And then it showed a video of the giraffe giving birth. And I was like, I never want to see that again. Birth is disgusting. Yeah. It's and, not, uh, it's not our finest moments as, as humans, is it? <laughs> It's, no not, it's not any animal's finest moment. Um, there's no dignity there whatsoever. Um, but yeah, that's that's mainly where I'm at with it. Uh, giraffes killing people. Well, Why? I mean, look, he was a filmmaker. He's a South uh, African filmmaker. So part of me feels like he was probably for apartheid, right? Because he was like yeah, 50. He, so, you know, okay. he lived in the time of apartheid. So maybe he had this shit coming. He probably did. Let's be real. But, you know, so he decides that he's going to he's on some fucking gaming lounge, right, as it were. And mm-hmm. he decides he's going to get a close up of this giraffe. So he literally gets all up in this giraffe shit. Giraffe doesn't like that. By the way, giraffe's name is Gerald. Seems very pertinent information for the story. And I need you to understand that because when you name an animal, suddenly he's more real. Right. Who names um, this animal, by the way? The guy who owns it. This family owns uh, owns this whole gaming lodge. And more power to the family because this, this giraffe killed this guy and people are like, kill the giraffe. And he's like, giraffe didn't do anything wrong. Shouldn't approach a fucking giraffe. Seems like a, per- like a user error. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So he's going to keep the giraffe nearby. But so homie came up to the fucking giraffe, got really, really close. Giraffe headbutts him, sends him 50 feet in the air. 
All right. Think about that for a second. Like the brute fucking strength. We always see giraffe as these goddamn majestic, beautiful creatures and stuff like that. But have you ever seen the, the videos of them fighting each other? Because yeah. they're dicks. They're, they're just horrible. like whacking necks. Just. Yeah, that cannot be good for the vertebrae, you know, no. but uh, fucking hits him. He goes flying into the air. Uh, they airlift him to, to some fucking place in Johannesburg and he dies. Um, and I'm just, you know, my thing is this. We were talking about the lemmings, like, I don't know how many yeah. episodes back, maybe mm-hmm. like the seventh episode or something. But we're talking about nature documentaries and the lemmings. And every now and then it's so refreshing to know that nature can fucking strike back. Yeah, you nature know what I mean? fights back. But usually what happens when nature fights back is, you know, what those people were suggesting. Now let's kill the animal is retribution. Like, yeah. like that's going to solve anything. It's terrible. <sighs> No, it's not great. I mean, there's also some, I mean, not to get incredibly depressing too early. I've read this story yesterday about like 200 federal horses that were found dead in the middle of Navajo, like federal fucking, horses. Well, cause you know, like, yeah, like there's wild horses, but they're considered federal horses or whatever. They're like, <laughs> they got little fucking, uh, uh, windbreakers on, you know, they got agency fucking initials on their, on their lapels and just shit. All, all wearing aviators and just fucking talking into lapel microphones and shit. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, Aww. no, but they, they were found dead and some navajo shit which i thought as an image was metal as fuck like imagine you're walking over a ridge right imagine you're goddamn josh brolin in the beginning of no country for old men right walking around got a goddamn gun mm-hmm. you look over a mountain and instead of a fucking truck an ambush of fucking dead people just 200 dead horses man thought it was a metal image what killed the horses well that's the sad part nothing like you wanted it to be some like mythical fucking creature right <laughs> who like came to kill horses he feasts off fucking horse flesh no um apparently it's just like there's a severe famine and a severe drought and these people were looking for water they got stuck got stuck in mud and they couldn't get out because when you're too emaciated i guess like horses can't fucking get out of mud properly and shit it puts too much stress on their bones so they just died man and it's a horrific fucking thing so, like, there's no combating global fucking warming, right? Like, you can't fight that. I feel bad for the fucking horses in that instance. But I like to think that this giraffe was like, we're sort of like a horse, right? We're like a fuck-up weird horse. So uh, they they killed this motherfucker as retribution for man's continuing fucking toll on the on the planet. It's my personal belief. I don't know if that's true. Wow. I mean, this, this is reminding me of a story that I recently shared with you. Um, I was reading an article about the world's oldest spider that recently passed oh, away at age God. 43. And this story, like I started off thinking like, ah, who gives a shit? It's a spider or whatever. But then you like read this story about like what the spider's life cycle is like and how the mother covers it up in this protective silk like cloth or whatever and it hatches and it burrows its way out and it finds a hole and like it digs a little hole and it climbs in there and it just lives there. And this old woman was tracking the life cycle of these spiders and got to know this spider intimately or whatever, just studying it. For 43 years, it became her life's work just following this little trapdoor spider. Is she even a scientist or was she just like a very bored housewife? (laughs) No, she was an actual scientist. And like she she had like each of the spider holes or whatever because they're holes in the ground. These are little trapdoor spiders. Um, She had them all marked. And this particular spider survived out of all of its brothers and sisters because it was talking about how like Hundreds will hatch, but most of them will die like they'll get snatched up or like fucking starved to death or whatever. But this little spider persisted for 43 years until one day, like the old woman, like was so old, she couldn't care for the spider. She couldn't watch over it. She couldn't 
record anything. So someone else took over for her and like they found the spider's little house and the spider wasn't there anymore. And there was a little hole uh, where his home was. And uh, apparently a fucking wasp came in and laid eggs in it and it probably crawled away and died. Oh anyway, my God. That's the, awful. It is awful. I'm sorry uh, to derail the podcast. Fuck you. But no, 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 no. Fuck you for making me feel sympathy for a fucking evil ass spider. <laughs> Spiders are the worst dude in the entire world. And yet for a second, you personified that fucker. Okay. Like I understood, I knew his entire life story. And I hate you for making me feel bad for him. I, you know, I, I hate that I read it. I hate that I told this story, this meandering story about this spider that lived and died, but it was 43 years old and it could have gone I, on. We don't know how old. That is horrifying. That's what that is. You're right. That is the real takeaway from this story is that spiders may live forever if we don't yeah. stomp on them or wasps get them or some shit like you know like how do we really know because right. how, you have to imagine the average insect in general not just spiders they don't live their full life cycle right we have to guess what their life cycles are because usually right. they get fucking murdered by us first right so it's it's so fucking weird man i'm terrified that any spider trapdoor spiders aren't that big though right they're like no, medium they're, they're very, yeah they were talking about how they burrow into the ground it's like the size of a quarter is the biggest that hole will get is the size okay. of a quarter and they like spring up and get their prey and then go back in. Um, but that's pretty much it. The men spiders do not have it good, by the way, like the female spiders, they live for an indeterminate amount of time. The men, they hatch after like a couple years, they go out, they bang a female spider. Then they wander out into the desert to just like get snatched up by a condor to have a walkabout <laughs> yeah. to go find themselves <laughs> and they find themselves yeah, they in the talons of a fucking bird <laughs> yeah they, they go have a vision quest and get digested by something awful um but you know you're in luck because this article also talked about how rising uh temperatures are killing off the spiders anyways so a special little creature was probably one of the last we'll ever have so yeah, you see, but when, you, but when you said that part of the story to me, I again felt bad. I was like, oh, no, this is not I wanted to look, look, I do want the eradication of all spiders, yeah. but I want them to be dead at my hand. OK, not some fucking bullshit thing that I have no control over. <laughs> like, that just seems fucking cheap, man. Like they deserve better. They were a formidable fucking opponent. And now they're just going to die because it's hot. Fuck that, dude. That yeah, bothers me. That. How dare you? Global warming. Spiders, dude. Um. Yeah, spiders are pretty evil. Can, oh my god! Can I switch gears really quick though? About I mean, can we Stick please get off spiders? <laughs> I've been talking Stick, so long about sticking spiders. to evil. Sticking to evil, but uh, not spiders, man. So, um, recently, I, I think I've hit the uh, tipping point of horror films in English. Right, I'm on this real like gotta watch low budget horror films because I think it's like you know, really impressive to see how people, again, minimalist, right? What do you do when you don't have a lot to do with, right? You have to create atmosphere in this shit. And you don't have a budget. So I've watched a lot of like low budget horror films and a lot of them are not great, but I did watch all the good ones, right? That you like, it follows and the Babadook and like all the, the more recent new wave of these like low budget horror films. Um, but I've run out of English speaking ones. So now we've had to go to foreign films. And there's a couple that are really good. There's a Korean one called The Wailing. I'd really, I'd really recommend. But last week we saw. Did you see that movie? I love or The no? Wailing. Oh fucking a, dude! Right on. Cool. I've not met any other human who's seen that movie, but it is really yeah. great. It, it, it's Korean, long. Korean film in general. Also, uh, The Handmaiden, which was not yeah, a horror that was movie, fucking wonderful. Like, yeah. No, did that, it, it almost year. was, dude. It almost kind of was a horror film at parts. Like I love. I mean, look. I don't like the over-reliance, especially in, in Western cinema, like in Hollywood, where we do this time jump and we're going to reveal shit only when it's, uh, you know, 
pertinent yeah. for you to know it. I hate that shit. But they did that in that movie, The Handmaiden movie. That was so fucking great. Like, yeah, I was, was freaked out by the end of that movie. Man. That I was, was probably low-key one of maybe my favorite movie of 2016, I think, is when it came out. He's a great director. Didn't he also do – isn't that the guy who did Stoker? Like, he did the American movie Stoker. It had, it had Nicole Kidman in it and, yeah, uh, and Mia Wasiakawa. Did, did he not do Old Boy? He did Old Boy yeah. as well, yeah. yeah but but yeah, I'm yeah. a big Stoker guy because it's like – if you haven't seen it, it's a fucking wonderful film. Oh, but, I've, I've seen it. It's like a glorious mess, that movie. Movie. That's the best way I can put yeah. it. Well, it's like it gives you an interesting Nicole Kidman performance. Like I really like Nicole Kidman in that movie. But anyway, The Wailing's great. We'll go watch some Korean films, you fucking Philistines. Anyway, so listen. Um <laughs> I'm watching this Spanish film, right? It's a Spanish film from Spain. It's called Veronica. All right. And it is a fucking possession film. Have you seen this movie too? You looked at me. No, I, okay. I've I've heard of it though. Watch Veronica because people are like, it's the scariest movie ever made. Veronica Mars. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) She's a teen detective and And she's got a black friend. (laughs) And her dad is bald. Um, Sorry. Uh, sorry. No, it's cool, Veronica, because now I can only see Kristen Bell in the titular role of Veronica. That's the problem. But Veronica, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. (laughs) Here's my problem, Veronica. It's a possession film, right? It's a film about. Like here, here's the thing. I, I let me just say I like the film a lot, right? And it had some incredibly atmospheric moments and blah 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 blah. It's not the scariest film ever made, but it's really great. Um, and I like to see how other cultures build atmosphere. Like we're so used to American idea of horror films, and even the ones that have like permeated. Right? What was the vampire movie that was fucking amazing? They remade it. Is it? Uh, let me. Wait. Let the right one in. Let the right one in. I'm because they fucked the title up. Let me in, right? In yeah. America when they did the remake. And both versions are good, but let me let the right one in is like so fucking great. But the sensibilities are so different, right? right. Like it doesn't feel like an American horror film. So I really liked watching this movie, and it's all about a girl who uh, previously her fucking father dies, and uh, there she goes to school, and on this day in school, there's gonna be a solar eclipse. Yeah. All the students go out to look at the solar eclipse, but her and two friends go downstairs to the basement. And they use a Ouija board right now, right off the bat. I know that we have you like, when are we going to, as a fucking society agree that Ouija boards, like no good is going to come out of this fucking thing. Okay. Like, and beyond that, when are we going to start suing fucking chain stores for selling this as a board game? Okay. There's like 500 years of documented. Don't fuck with Ouija board situations in history. And it keeps happening. Parker Brothers is like, let's sell it to children ages six and up. Yeah, six and up, exactly, right? So this fucking lady who's trying to like reach out to her goddamn dying father, dead father or whatever, doing some Ouija shit, and of course something weird happens, and uh, the evil gets out, you know what I mean? But I, I, and it was incredibly effective, and I really liked it, but again, I cannot get over the fact that, like, <laughs> She just go like there's a part where they break there. So after the first seance, the Ouija board breaks, right? And so they realize that what they need to do in order to stop the evil is to uh, you have to say Ouija get, board. Oh. no, that'd be great. Just like get some super glue. That super glue didn't work. Fuck. All right, let's the just solder this. Super glue. We gotta drive all the way to the other store. <laughs> It's a forty-five minute sequence, and you think it would it would get unnerving, but really you're you're into it. The stakes yeah. are so high. No. All right. So um, what they decide is that they have to, in order to end things, you need to say goodbye in a seance. If you don't say goodbye, whatever you found will stay with you. That's the rule of thumb in the film. So they're like, we need another Ouija board. And they just go to like a fucking newspaper stand on the, like next to the school, next to a Catholic school, by the way, I didn't throw that little fucking information at you. So like the little kiosk, the little like hot dog hamburger stand that you would see like near central park is also just selling Ouija boards for some reason. <laughs> and they get a fucking Ouija board. And like there, I do enough of a demand in this area for like 
Oh, you want your hot dogs? You want your People magazine? You got your Ouija boards? We got it all. You want to contact the undead? Yeah, yeah, I got you. That's no problem. All right, it's a dollar fifty. No, it's a whole fucking thing, and I'm just like, ah. And the movie again was so effective and so good, and I really, really liked it. And it's based on a true story. That's one of those things, you know, where like when Hollywood says based on a true story, you always have to be like, okay, yeah. was there was there a Ouija board at some point in a Catholic school? Sure, that's a true story. Then you know what I mean? Right. Like it's always very loose with it it's, it's like how in the conjuring 2 like that whole thing is like it's based on a true story and it's like the whole fucking house is splitting apart and there's lightning and there's a nun ghost but like yeah. the real true story is the table moved a little bit yeah i mean that's not good film though you know you can't you can't sell 100 million dollars in the box office with a table with a table maybe maybe we should do that we should we should strive to make the most realistic I mean, haunting film are, ever arguably, man the others did that and did it pretty well so uh, the others I haven't seen since like 2001. Yes. I mean, is it same, worth it? Same I go here, back? Actually, I, I don't know yeah. if it's actually good. You, I feel you like give it's a good. rousing it's got, recommendation to the others. Got an, uh, it's got a great twist. Uh, I give it five out of five stars. Um, oh, Lord, when man. I was 11. Um, so, so this actually happened in Madrid, this Veronica story. Um, and this, this little girl, there is so the way the, the movie's framed is the, uh, the movie opens up and there's a nine one one call. And you hear like the other side of the 911 call, like he's here, he's coming, please come here. They give the address and then the cops show up. Mm -hmm. And when they show up, they look and what they see is so horrific. Right. But then we got to do that fucking stupid thing that we do in movies though. Three days earlier, cut back. Right. And now we got to work our way through it. So what apparently happened, and this is real. There's two separate fucking police officers who attested to this. Right. But when they walked into this apartment, the, the girl who was possessed was literally like almost at a right angle bent backwards with her mouth completely open, mm -hmm. like not just open, but like a gape, like jaw dislocated fucking I'm a snake eating a goddamn big prey thing. You know what I mean? Um, and was just like, and they both, both of these fucking officers like wrote like, yo, that shit happened. And I have no idea what that was about, but it happened. And then, allegedly right they take the lady out the girl uh gets on the ambulance and she's on her way to the hospital the the cops are still in the fucking apartment and they look at a photograph of her and the photograph burns like spontaneously burns okay yeah i, I see you rolling your eyes that's fine but it spontaneously fucking burns and at that exact second they get the radio that the girl has just died right in real fucking life and both of these officers fucking said it now listen listen could both of these people just try to be like making money? Yes. Absolutely. But this was 1991 Madrid, man. All right. 1991 Madrid was notoriously fucking, it had no chill. Were, there was no lying. Yeah, they were very anti money back then, too. So, like, what are the odds? I don't know, man. But it was one of those things where it's just like, okay, if it's one guy, sure. But when you have two people, it's just like, I like to think that people know that, yeah, we're friends. Okay. But we're not just going to lie about some shit for the sake of lying about some shit. Like, it, you know, if we saw an event and we both were like, yo, this happened, I like to think that there's enough credibility individually yeah. I, that I would, people would. I would hope that people would believe me if I actually saw that, that it wouldn't be this you know? thing for the rest of my life where they're like, is he just trying to make a buck off of this horrible thing you just saw? It's like, <laughs> yes, I am also did happen so <laughs> who's a noted like ghosts aren't fucking real like i want to know who that guy is because obviously the irony would be like for that person to be haunted dramatically you know what i mean um no, it would i be. mean or, or it's like if richard dawkins was visited by jesus christ you'd be like oh fuck well i've yeah. been wrong about everything you like, know what i mean Bill Maher just like starts getting haunted by conservative <laughs> supreme court judges that have died or something 
That'd be great. Scalia. Yeah. Scalia's in his wardrobe and shit like that. Oh, like man. I'm, I'm kind of like I'm pretty much a liberal, but like I would love to see Bill Maher just get you know psychologically tortured by geists for the rest of his life. <laughs> He's so smug. I'm over it. Yeah, but he's a good liberal. I think you know. I'll, I'll say this, man. He, he no, he's on the right side of like the battle that I'm fighting all the time. And I know we don't need to go into it because people are going to be like, Christian, shut the fuck up. We hear it all the time. No, but it's true. I mean, like he is on this other shit about like, hey, don't uh, shut up the opposing view. You know what I mean? Like that's not yeah. what freedom of speech is about, uh, and that's a good thing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I would love. I mean, give me a fucking Big Brother esque show of just Bill Maher's house, mm-hmm. and we we fake guys. Didn't even have to be real. All right, so we just like, go out there. Like we hire a Scalia lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we make him translucent, and uh, it's all good. Why not? Why not us? Your views on abortion are misguided. Ooh. <laughs> so he's a fucking geist. He's got the inf- the inf- a fucking infinite expanse of the afterlife behind him, and he's still just very cordially respectful. Yeah. They're misguided at best. And Bill Maher is like, no, they're not, but he's crying. <laughs> he still debates him. That'd be great. Oh, man. Um, that. Poor Bill Maher. I don't know. It's weird to see people age over a period of time. This is like a weird segue, but uh, we've been able to see Bill Maher age in the public eye from being like an old dude, right? Like in his 40s to being an old dude in his 60s, right? He's like 62 this year or something like that. But it makes me think about everyone aging because we have other people, like other people I adore. Ted fucking dancing. Look, I love seeing Ted dancing every week on The Good Place or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's rough to just see him. Because yeah. he, he definitely aged, man. I Are saw, we all fucked? I saw a picture of Hugh Grant recently, and he looks old as fuck. I was never a Hugh Grant fan, but it was just like, damn, he's old now? People age? Is that how that works? And I think did that, that might... It did a little bit. I think that might... In my, your mind, Hugh Grant and Matthew Broderick were always going to be boyishly <laughs> young. <laughs> always. But now he's, like, weird old. Um, but you know what? It happens to all of us, and uh, we need to accept that we're all going to fucking die one day. But until that day... I think that what's happening for me is the older I get, um, the the more that the window of old just moves up for me. Like I just redefine what old means, you know? Yeah. So I'm just wondering at what point does that window stop moving? And I'm just like, oh, now I'm in that window. Yeah, we both we both turned 28. We talked about a little bit about this on an episode that never aired, but uh, we both turned 28. In yeah. the last month. Yeah. And it was weird because it was the first time that I ever saw 30 as like a real thing, you know? It's around the corner. Um, oh, man. It's so around the corner. It's so around the corner. Here's the thing. I'm more horrified about being 29. 29 seems more offensive than 30 for some reason. I don't know why. It just seems like this is the last thing you're ever going to get to do. And then when you hit 30, well, there's a zero. So you're like, hey, you can just, you know, you yeah. can restart, do some new shit. 29 makes me feel like, okay, that's really the end of a fucking chapter, you know? Yeah. I feel like the 20s, like in your 20s, you're not supposed to be worrying about getting older, but I'm constantly having like this weird midlife crisis, quarter life crisis. crisis. Yeah. Just constantly like I I haven't accomplished much. Look at Mozart. He did so much. (laughs) He was four years old. Dude, I remember uh, fucking watching a Brian Wilson live thing once, right? And it started, it was like him doing pet sounds uh, in its entirety for the guardian in UK. And it's like, when he was 22 years old, he wrote this album. I'm like, hold on, hold the fuck on. 
Brian Wilson wrote Pet Sounds at 22 years old. Like, what the fuck am I doing even existing anymore? It's over. I'll never achieve that moment. You know, fucking McCartney was our age when he released Abbey Road with the Beatles. Oh, my God. That's crazy, dude. Doesn't that really fuck with you? But these are people I think that had like a very um, innate sense of like there's only a limited time to do shit, you know, mm-hmm. like think about that. Like the Beatles was a whole other career, two musical careers ago for McCartney. If you, you know, yeah. like he did the wings and then he did all the solo shit. And then he's doing this last kind of 15 years of his career. <clears throat> and it's so weird. We're like, I don't hate the last 15 years. It's just not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is certainly interesting to be like, okay, all of those dudes had to be like aware that we have a short window to do any of this stuff. Right. Like tomorrow's not guaranteed. Don't have that. Like, uh, what's that uh, past present bias where you're like, I don't want to write today, but tomorrow I'm going to want to write. It's Mm -hmm. like, nah, bitch, you have to fucking sit down and you need to write. Like you need to force yourself to do it because you're always going to have something else to do. You know how many times I just want to watch SVU or like fucking Seth Meyers. That's all I want to do, but you have to force yourself to do something, you know? Yeah. It's just like when you see 30 around the quarter, you know, 40 is coming around the bend even faster. You know, and it's like once you're 40, you're you're at that Judd Apatow midlife crisis range where uh, it's do or die. You make really shitty films. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's do or die. My bad. (laughs) We're talking about the same thing. It's all good. Oh, this is 40 sucks, by the way. I hate it. It made me actively angry. Uh, Paul Rudd, you can do better. (laughs) Also, who gives a fat shit about Ant-Man and the Wasp? Oh, the quantum realm, whatever. I don't care about the other multiverses. I'm just saying after Thanos kills half of the MCU, spoiler alert, like whatever about Ant-Man and his wacky hijinks with uh, the guy from Observe and Report. Michael, Michael Pena. Michael Pena. <laughs> Who's the best part of Observe and Report, by the he's way. He's the best part of everything he's ever been name, in. He's but... the best part of Crash. Maybe the only good part of Crash. Brendan Fraser, but oh yeah, well, a Brendan. close second, a close second, man. Come on, <laughs> I forgot about um, the Brendan factor. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely, you piece of shit. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Ant Man and the Wasp is a, is an interesting thing. I would just really like it if they trolled us and they made a hundred and fifty million dollar film and it's like one opening scene and uh, Scott Lang fucking disappears, like like Infinity War disappears. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> greatest fucking movie i've ever seen no i realize it's 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 predates the events before infinity war but it has i was saying this the other day the lowest fucking stakes of any fucking marvel movie period right. like i don't even understand how you get the casual movie goer to come see this I, because it's like wait it doesn't address the fucking cataclysmic thing that we just left off on exactly. no fucking way dude yeah it ca- it's terrible it, i mean and to be fair infinity war does kind of put everything in flux like whatever comes after that is going to have to either coincide with or address it um but yeah like i'm sure marvel's looking at it like oh it's an antidote to like the depressing weighty overstuffed uh, epic that infinity war was but for me i just don't care about paul rudd doing things and robbing a thing to save another thing i don't know it would be cool though if he did disappear like halfway through and then michael douglas like 78 year old michael douglas had to suit up as ant-man and just that's the film i want to see but it's just like a lot of old people problems he has to pee frequently because his prostate is enlarged like to the side there's like a a 30 minute origin story style sequence of him installing like a pee pump type situation into the suit trial and error it's like iron man but just for old people 
but it'll be worth it in the third act when he's about to die. And the only thing that saves him is him like dispel, you know, dispensing the fucking built up urine cup that he has inside of his suit. Cause that's the one thing that fucking fucks with the, the enemies in this world. Okay. Like bullets, impervious lasers. Don't even try it, but fucking sterilized piss. Oh my God. I'm, over. I'm full of piss over. and vinegar and I'm all out of vinegar. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! We should write Ant Man. <laughs> like, why not us? Oh my god! Hey, Marvel, dude. Every now and then, stop sleeping on your best writers. That's all. Awesome. <laughs> I've got a pitch. I've got a pitch for the next Infinity War film. Um, okay. I know I already pitched another sequel or whatever, uh, where it was weekend. <laughs> weekend at Thanos. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a similar riff, but with a twist. Okay. We open on Iron Man. He's a broken man, psychologically just fucking shattered. He gets back to his apartment or whatever. He's like, Pepper, Pepper Potts, where you at? Fucking pile of ash and right next to it on the wall written in lipstick, you didn't save me. And he's like, I love that fucking done so the entire she had a lot of time to write that as she was disintegrating yeah like it was a slow disintegration (laughs) because like she knew it would really hit him where it where it hurt she's like like, let let me really think about what i want to say here before i say it he doesn't have enough of a guilt complex uh i'm gonna give him more of one because he should have stayed with me and talked about getting married and having a baby instead of saving the universe um which you know good job on that anyways he's fucking done so he just starts like going insane or whatever he starts training and we don't know for what he's just on a treadmill for half the movie like i gotta beat thanos i gotta fucking kill thanos and he's saying fuck like out loud several times like martin scorsese the first hard r yeah. marvels he's like i gotta fucking kill him i gotta kill him and he's having like nightmare flashbacks dead people are talking to him and shit he doesn't know who's a real hookers. yeah he doesn't yeah. know who's real he doesn't know what's safe he's drinking a lot he's doing a lot of cocaine meanwhile we're cutting back to thanos and he's chilling on a beach he's got like a big straw hat the sunglasses you know like the fucking sunscreen on his nose and like under his eyes he's just like full nerd dad just drinking a fucking cocktail or something in cancun or whatever watching the sunset just chilling taking naps cutting back to iron man he's just fucking running he sees captain america he doesn't know if he's there or not or whatever and then at the end of the movie he's just fucking running up to thanos he's not even in his iron man suit He's he's that crazy. Yeah, he's he's that broken. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Thanos. And Thanos is like asleep. He doesn't give a fuck or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, Tony is going to fucking die right now. Like he's literally going to die. And right as he's about to fucking punch Thanos with his bare human hand, who drops in? Squirrel girl with her oh, army shit. of squirrels. And she goes, oh, when you killed half of all life, you didn't think about the squirrel factor bunch of army of squirrels just fucking eat thanos alive and she's just like what's up picks up the infinity gauntlet puts it on winks at the camera bunch of squirrels get a hold of the soul stone they start nibbling on it now you got spider squirrel you got black panther squirrel rest of the mcu they're just squirrels now (laughs) and done and uh that is my pitch for infinity war 2 i loved it and And you said when you said army of squirrels, I just didn't know how organized you meant. Like if they were literally in ranks and shit and they were like, you know, fucking there were platoons and squadrons and shit. I didn't know if they were doing flanking maneuvers, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's just a metaphorical army of squirrels. Yeah. And like you um, still have the team up movies, but they're squirrels. They're just squirrels. Yeah. Movie. And so, what's wrong with that? Nothing. 
Squirrels are fucking horribly underrepresented in Hollywood, man. I'm sorry. They're just not around as much as you think. Wakanda run by a squirrel Black Panther. How inspirational would that be? (laughs) So he's still Black Panther. He's like, squirrel Black Panther. Wouldn't you be better if you were just a black squirrel? Like, we're all fucking squirrels, okay? Black Panther squirrel. Still voiced by Chadwick Boseman, but it's run through that chipmunk filter, that chipmunk voice filter. (laughs) So he's, Jesus you know, Christ. he's still like very like somber and inspirational, but he's a squirrel now and he's only like a foot tall and he has no powers whatsoever. <laughs> Does Wakanda have power still or is it just, you know, it did, but squirrels can't maintain that kind of power grid. And I uh, mean, it's being run by a squirrel and everybody respects his sacrifices. So they leave him in power, but he's more of like a figurehead than anything. Like it's really low key being run by his sister now. <laughs> So it's like the, the the it's like the king, the king, the king and queen, right? It's a representative monarchy at best, yeah, at best right? But, but it, it's it's a yeah, it's a fragile alliance. If anything, they're barely hanging oh, on. Yeah. So what happens with the next like intergalactic fucking oh, threat oh, comes? Earth, because there's still squirrels. Uh, Earth I mean. blows up. <laughs> oh, it just blows up. It just blows up. That's the whole thing. Like, there's not even an existential who, yeah, threat. Have, like, hey, it blows fucking, up. Oh, Black Widow's going to save us all now? No. Um, what if they bring the Fantastic Four, man? You'll get Galactus. Oh, my God, dude. Galactus? He's the only one in terms of the cosmic sense that you could yeah. really bring on in the next level as Thanos. But the problem is he's just like an amorphous cloud of you know, planet eater. Who so would, you can't uh, put a face on that, really. Who would win in a fight, Galactus or Dor- Dormammu? Uh, I'm gonna go with Galactus, but I like that you just dropped Dormammu's like so casually in the middle of a conversation. By the way, that was great. I mean, I know it's it's pertaining to this, but still, um, yeah, Galactus. He eats planets, man. Planet eater. I mean, Dormammu steals planets and puts them in his own fucked up purple place. Anyone can steal a planet, okay? <laughs> Children can steal things. <laughs> But can you eat a planet? This shit is hard to eat, especially if it's terrestrial. It's got Rocky Mountains and shit like that, man. It's really difficult. You know, I've never tried. I've never tried to eat a planet. And maybe that's the only thing that's holding me back. Maybe I just don't have lived. You have not fucking lived at all, man. I'm telling you. Um, so uh, last night I was uh, we were texting a little bit, but I was fucked up. I took a painkiller last night because oh, yeah. um I got to tell you a fear that I have, all right? Here's my real fear. I am terrified of the dentist, right? Like, I just fucking, I hate the dentist, man. Weird. I've been to a dentist a bunch of my life. Like, I had braces at one point, right? You had braces at one point, right? So, yeah. Did you? You had braces, right? I was going to say, I've known you yeah, for forever. For, for you like, like- <laughs> I had braces for way longer than I should have. It's just because, <laughs> like, my parents were going through a hard time, and they didn't make the time to, like, take me to the orthodontist to like get them off. I had them for like two extra years that I did not. Oh my God. That's awful. Yeah. So all high school, I was just fucking braces McGee. Oh, you were cute. Don't worry, man. I was there. I was, I I bore witness to the cuteness of Max. Uh, Thanks, man. Uh, no, it's all good. Uh, so but I'm really scared of the fucking dentist. I don't know why. It's one of those things. Like, I don't know if you can relate to this, right? But when you're at the dentist and they're like working on you, mm-hmm. you find yourself tensed up, but you don't think that you're tensed up, right? And then after a second, you're like, oh, relax. And you can kind of like 
sink a little bit more into the fucking seat. Like, I don't know. They always put me on edge. So I have a fucking cavity in my mouth that Mm -hmm. is like the worst cavity of all time. And it's terrible. And I'm the kind of asshole that like nothing is a problem until I'm physically hurting from it. You know what I mean? So like I will live with something being wrong for years (laughs) as long as I don't have to like do something uncomfortable. Uh, It's just gotten to the point where like I am I'm hurting so bad. So I have this appointment Mm -hmm. tomorrow to get like my tooth taken out, which is awesome but also terrifying because I, i'm scared of needles and i'm scared of creepy fucking dentists with the ether you know like in my mind all dentists are frank from fucking blue velvet and the minute they gas me they got like a finger up my ass or some orifice or some weird shit man and it just scares me so much i don't know why is that weird no i don't understand who would choose to be a dentist it's like people who <laughs> choose to be a foot doctor like what the fuck is wrong with you I, I I'm sorry. That was a little harsh. I'm sure. Yeah, there are I was gonna, whoa, hey, yeah. <laughs> to the podiatrist uh, listeners out there, I just want to say we're very, very sorry. I mean, are, there, are there don't reflect like, are there butt doctors like proctologists? Yes, proctologists. Yeah, but like who would choose to be that? Who's like I'm gonna of all the things on the human body that I could specialize in, I could be an anesthesiologist, and I don't even have to fuck with any of that. I'm going to choose to yeah. be a butt doctor. I want to get right always, in some strangers' butts. Have you seen Trump's doctor? Like the weird hippie guy yeah. with the long hair? Yeah. Okay. That's who becomes a butt doctor guy. <laughs> like, it's that dude who's like, I'm in medical school, but I want to smoke a bunch of weed. And, you know, like, what's the least amount of fucking learning you got to do? Butt doctor? In and out. I'm done. I'm done. So that's that's what I imagine um, is what's up. But like, no, like, I'm terrifying. Yeah, man, like the dentist, the thing about tooth pain and tooth surgery is yeah. like that is a special kind of pain that I don't think is like I don't think you can equate it to anything else. Like there's just a special kind of pain that happens when somebody drills into your tooth that uh, I, I don't want to go through, but sometimes you have to in order to prevent your jaw from falling off. Oh, that's literally where I'm at. I'm just like, well, I could live with this being wrong for another 10 years, but I might get cancer in my throat if I don't like, or something bad is going to happen to right. me. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's awful. Uh, but again, it's like a necessary fucking evil if you want to keep your teeth in the long term. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna deal with it, but I am not going to be happy. Like, I'm bitching about it already. Um, but I want them to gas me because I'm, I'm really bad with needles. I, mean, I don't know if you remember that from when I just I fucking hate needles, dude. So and especially because the needles that they fucking stick you with are not like some cute little syringe needle. It's always like this goddamn six incher or something that they need to put all the way into your goddamn gums. So I'm not looking forward to it. But um, in general, I, I, I was really hesitant to even make the appointment because – Again, I just worried that all of these people are freaks, man. You hear stories all the time about people who like put their patients under and then they're like fondling the fucking like women in the dentist chair and shit like that. Like so fucking horrible. And like you said, the fact that they are dentists to begin with raises the probability of creepiness to begin with. You know what I mean? Like that's on the real though. And I'll say this not as a woman, but as a man, like I don't give a (laughs) shit if you fondle me, I would rather be under than be awake for the whole thing, which is what every dentist has put me through ever. Like I'm always they keep you awake. I'm always yeah. wide awake for any dental surgery I've ever had, and it fucking is terrible. Oh yeah, because even when they fucking numb you, yeah. like you can hear and you can feel. Yeah, you can and feel it, like, like the and smell like the fucking the smell that happens when a drill goes into your tooth. 
Yeah. The great. No, I'm just getting this fucker taken out. I'm like, it's a wisdom tooth anyway. And I'm like, I don't need it. Just take it out. <laughs> like, so, uh, you could, you could yeah, put man. like a castaway type thing, you know, and just like fucking. Just get a fucking ra- a ice skate. Yeah. What is that called? A fucking uh, ice skate. Yeah, right? an ice skate. You do, do it yourself dental surgery, bro. Did that work out for him? I mean, I, he did it, but like, I wanted to see some. I don't. I haven't seen Castaway in so long, so I don't know how. Like, what great lengths he took to sterilize that, considering it was in the fucking ocean and then uh, on a beach. He took some Nothing. salt water from the ocean, <laughs> and then he passed out. Cut to black. Yeah. Four years later, skinny Tom Hanks. Yeah, That's literally how the movie. That's kind of an achievement. Like, I don't really love that movie, but I do think it was cool because they had to like what put that whole production on hold for a year. Yeah. So Tom Hanks could lose weight, and imagine if he didn't lose the weight. What, like, imagine if they came back still fat and it's Tom like, Hanks. all right, it's still fat Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh different sick. film. I think they should have done it. It'd be way funnier to me. Be like, he lost. They still Somehow make reference to how like, weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Hurley on Lost situation. Oh man, God! Poor Hurley. Poor Hurley. Seriously, no. Poor that guy because he's done fuck all since. I mean, he was like in an was, episode of How I Met Your Mother. He was, he was in Alcatraz, Alcatraz, which we which all lasted remember. for what thirteen episodes. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching that show and just being like, "This is not very good." And then it got canceled. Dude, listen, Alcatraz brings me to Sam Neill. Sam Neill brings me to fucking Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park brings me to what I did yesterday. Uh, I, I fucking demoed the Oculus Rift yesterday. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. How was it? Okay. Fucking incredible. Like, really? I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy because my friend has one for his phone. Um, and that one's okay. It's not great. Right. Like he's got a Samsung phone and they have those like virtual simulator things. But the Oculus one is the one the Facebook bought. They put a bunch of money into it. My yeah. cousin who works in, um, in the Silicon Valley has worked with it. He's developed it. He works on a team that does that shit. So he's been telling me forever that it's amazing, but I did two demos. I did one that was Wally, which was the coolest shit in the world. Okay. So it's like Wally giving you fucking like game cartridges that you have to put in. Uh, and then like it uh, into a 3d printer and then it prints out into like a maraca. So you got to shake the maraca, but then your other one's a gun. So you got to shoot targets while shaking a maraca. I mean, I don't understand the practicality Wait, of any of this technology. This but... is Wally from Pixar. Yeah, Wally from Pixar. Yeah, they had had licensed a lot of things. Like they had a Marvel one, they had a Jurassic World one, and they had uh, like Wally. So they had a bunch of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering where shooting guns in Baracas fits into the world of Wally. Well, it was like a laser gun. It wasn't like fucking AK 47, dude. It wasn't a goddamn. I'm picturing like a fucking like revolver or something in Wally. They should make like a revolutionary war thing, right? Because then, like, I have to fire a thing, I got to put the fucking gunpowder and fucking put the musket and all that shit and shoot. Mm -hmm. That lends itself to it. I did, um, so that one was great. Then I did Jurassic World, and that one was less interactive, but it was still like, Dude, it's so fucking immersive that like I didn't even hang out with a T-Rex. I was hanging out with a long neck. What is that? A, a bron- brontosaurus, bronchiosaurus, something like that. Yeah. And it, like, at one point, the lady's like, move slightly to your right. And I'm like, why? And I look up and the trunk of this thing is like coming down. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I have to move out really quickly. And it's weird because people legit lose themselves. Like I watched two other people do it before me before I got in. Um and they like as soon as they were under, they lost like they didn't know how to walk. They were like fucking infants, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was such an interesting thing. The lady said I did really well, and I'm just like, well, because I play all a lot of this shit anyway. Like I understand the basic idea of it, but if you're not a gamer or anything, this has to be the scariest fucking thing in, in the world for you. So this woman did a Jurassic World thing, and her level was a T Rex, 
And every time that T-Rex got closer to her, because they have a TV of what of what she's seeing, so we, the audience, can see what she's saying. Every time that T-Rex got closer, man, just like she freaked out and would cower and like got lower and lower. And they have uh, like headphones on there, so you have this incredible sound design and you can't hear anything else in the store and you're completely blocked off. I mean, it was like this fucking amazing thing. I really, really loved it. Um, so so you, I, are you like fully ready to just go ready player one and just, uh, that's literally what I was. See, I don't want to do that. That's the real problem. Right. But it is something where like, you could convince me to, you could convince me to buy one of those at some point. Cause I see the, yeah. the point like people haven't figured out what to develop on it. That's why you have Wally giving you fucking game cartridges. Right. But think right. about the idea. Like if you can make that a fully immersive thing, like, Oh man, that would be such an amazing idea. I've heard like paranormal paranormal activity has a VR and apparently it's fucking brilliant, dude. I hear it's just really, I really amazing. Never, I love horror and I would never want to do VR horror. That just sounds like they do the VR overlook thing. hotel. Are you going to, you're going to go up to room 237? No, no. I oh, mean, man. I feel like Maybe. I would really <laughs> want to, but also wouldn't at the same time. God damn it. But, but what if they were just like, Hey, just explore the overlook hotel. And the, the scares really come from your preconceived notions of what the hotel is. Every fucking corner. You expect to see those twins. You expect to yeah. the elevators. You expect to see the blood. There's none of that shit. It's just this really eerie fucking thing. And they have Wendy so Carlos's score. I never see a ghost. I just hear the score walking down the hallways. Yeah. That's you it. might see something in the corner of your eye, but you'll never, it'll never be confirmed to you. You know what I mean? Fuck that. You don't like, see, I think that's fucking amazing. If you told me I get, to, I got to just walk around the overlook hotel, like, Oh shit, this is an impossible hallway. How the fuck are they here? You know what I mean? <laughs> I would love it. My point is this, that I just, I, I fucking dug it, man. If you get the yeah. opportunity to do it, I would do it. I just, um, I am worried about people literally losing their fucking minds. Like that's a thing that could happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about like, I, I have never tried it, but if the technology is already there where you're already praising it that much, imagine where it'll be 20 years from now. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, you that's know? my point. Like, that's and, I think, and sadly, like dude, ready player one is very fucking prescient. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it seems like it is at this point yeah. because you know, the average person, you know, when any new technology comes out, I mean, remember how much fucking DVD players were when they first came out or Blu-ray players, like, holy shit, super expensive the first year or so. And then market brings them down. So right now they're a little expensive, but dude, I can't wait until it's like an affordable thing where everyone can have it in their fucking house, you know? So you should try it, man. Have you tried any VR stuff before? I've not. No, uh, my boss got a Vive, I think, or Vive Vive. Yeah, it's the one know. I've used before too. Um, and he, okay. he was like singing its praises and just saying like how fucking crazy, amazing, because he got like a good deal on it. But like just how immersive and crazy it is. So yeah, I've been meaning to try it. I just don't want to spend the money right now, and I don't know anyone who has one. I like it because I think it's another way. Again, every. <laughs> The most important thing to me is like the stories that we tell, but more important is now we have even more avenues to tell those stories. And so, yeah, right now it's a gaming system, but video games for the longest time were just video games. And then someone decided like, you can tell some fucking art, you know, you can tell like a beautiful story, like the Bioshocks, the last of us, you know, those fucking, those types of games and shit that are 
so much more than just a game, you know? And so someone's going to get there. And I, and there's some director, I mean, it's not the best example, but James Cameron is already like trying to spearhead that fucking world about VR and making something immersive. And we'll probably make an underwater game because he wants to fuck fish all day or whatever he does. I Do you don't think know. that's what it is. You think like, it's like, it's not about exploration. It's about a fucking fish fetish. Like nobody you think that's has, what it is? nobody's, nobody is that obsessed with the sea without ulterior motives. I'm sorry. Like, it, but you, you, you know, didn't say you didn't want to fuck a mermaid. You just said fuck a fish, <laughs> like any fish, indiscriminately. He doesn't care. <laughs> Tilapia, <laughs> mahi mahi, whatever. Crustaceans are fine too. I accept <laughs> crustaceans. No, dude, it's so fucking weird to me. But you know what? That makes sense. Like when you said it, a fucking light bulb went off in my head. Where I'm like, but of course, it's always been about fucking fish for this guy. It's never yeah, been about it was it was never Titanic not about that. or any of that stuff. No, like that that was just incidental. Like he happened to like the Titanic was there, and that was nice. But that was really just money to fund his fish fetish. So you know what? Good for him. He's living his dream. You think James Cameron like masturbates to fucking the shape of water every night because you're like, finally, someone had the fucking balls, but role reversed. Did did I ever tell you? Yes. Did I ever tell you? Um... Short answer. Yes. <laughs> Second answer. Of when I saw the shape of water in theaters. No, it you was hadn't. Like a... It was one of the worst theater going experiences of my life. And I still I still liked the movie. I don't think it's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm fine that it won Best Picture. But anyways, get this podcast listeners. I get to the theater, right? I choose my seat. It's AMC. So I choose my seat on the screen and I'm like center. There's no one else around me or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. There's no one else around me except for a couple rows back. This will be a nice theater going experience for me. I get there. Not five minutes later, some old-ass man sits down right next to me. And he goes, oh, I guess we're seat buddies. I look to my left, no one, empty seats. I look to my right, no one, empty seats, right next to me, old-ass man. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, fine. Then another old-ass man sits right in front of me. And throughout all the previews, he's like, Oh, that looks like a good movie to no one in particular. Just giving yeah, he wasn't of with all the someone, trailers. He was by himself, and he, he was, was just by himself oh. chewing popcorn like he was resting his popcorn on his gut, and just like popcorn spilling out all over his shirt, and it had like little grease stains on it or whatever. And like throughout the Shape of Water, he was like, "Oh, you get him, fishy," <laughs> to no one. And then like this other couple with a loud ass baby sits next to that guy, and I'm just surrounded by the loudest. Worst people in the whole world. And this old guy keeps nudging me throughout the movie going, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> Beset that, on all sides by assholes, it seems, right? <laughs> yeah, and like they were all enthusiastic, not counting the baby. I guess the baby was enthusiastic about shitting its pants, but, you know, whatever. Uh, the end of the day, I still liked the film. And yeah. I just wanted to share that story with you. To Listen, tell you have you, to think that, like, one, I'm, I'm proud of the, the guy who sat in front of you. For yeah. being like you go fishy because he, you know, like anytime an mm -hmm. old dude seems like he might be like cool and liberal as fuck, like this guy's rooting for a fish guy to evade the authorities. Okay, yeah. so like let's give him the prop the fucking just deserves that he that he that he clearly deserves. Um, but it was one of those things where like, come on, that old guy, he really the guy who sat next to you, yeah, that's probably and, all he has, man. And I could have moved, but uh, I'm a stubborn uh, piece of shit most of the time, <laughs> and I stood my ground. 
I, I don't know. Which is uh, legal in Florida. Absolutely. Standing your yeah, ground. Stand your ground. Zimmy, you know, he, he's a fucking <laughs> an example for us all. Um, but no, I don't want to give too much credit to the guy that was sitting in front of me because he was like indiscrim- <laughs> he was indiscriminately. Well, Zimmy is here and there like we, we can get into that later. But. Yeah, yeah. All right, I didn't mean to cut um, you. You don't want to give too much credit to this fucker. Why? Well, yeah, I don't want to get because it was indiscriminate praise. Like he was praising the fish, but he was also praising like you know the trailer for Rampage, which was the funniest joke of a trailer I've ever seen. Like, oh, that looks like a good one, is what he said out loud at full volume. Uh, fucking Wrinkle in Time. Oh, I gotta see that. Was there anything that he didn't like? Was there like any no, uh, really obnoxious was... uh, chick flick or like a like a Gabrielle Union or a Tyler Perry led film? None, none of that there, shit. There was there was nothing that he didn't enjoy. He he was there for all of it. Uh, it's my kind of movie so, goer. We got to tap into that demographic, man, because they'll show up no matter know, what. I feel like this is circling back to the whole aging thing, and it, I. If I'm an old ass man and I'm pulling shit like that, just please pull me aside and slap me around a couple times and say, stop it, die or stop. And if you won't stop, I'll make you die. One of those situations. (laughs) Yes, please keep me in check. I never want to be that guy. You know, you hear people say that all the time. Like, if I'm like that in 40 years, kill me. It's like you going to get murdered by a lot of people then because (laughs) it's a lot. So you're saying this is inevitable for me. This is my future. I, th- I, I dude, it does not end in a natural death for you, Max. I'm sorry to tell you, man. It's it is it's death by lead poisoning. Um, <laughs> uh, lead poisoning aside, man, I had this thing because um, they uh, they fucking so I have a client who I was taking around to apartments this week, and her yeah. biggest concern was how recently people spray because there's like some buildings have mice and and other undesirables or whatever, so they did that. <laughs> Uh, is that funny? Undesirables? They're undesirable. Get out of the fucking neighborhood. <laughs> One of those. Uh-huh. That's too polite for you. Uh, but she was like really about like uh, she didn't want her cat to eat poison and shit like that, mm. which I, I understand. But the truth is, fuck all cats. Much like spiders, man. I am not a cat guy. I don't think I, you are either, right? You're, no, you're so definitely like, a dog guy. Yeah, I'm definitely a dog guy. Growing up, I was always a dog guy. And a part of the big, big part of the reason was that I've always been very allergic to cats. Um, so I just never gave them a solid chance and yeah. I didn't really understand the whole cat thing. They were very standoffish, very aloof. And I was like, you're not better than me. You eat birds, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. I don't, I don't fucking like them at all though. Just because everybody who's like, oh, you got to give cats a chance. My cat is just like a dog. Well, then I'm going to get a fucking dog because I don't want to get a cat yeah. that acts like a fucking dog, man. It makes no sense. Yeah. To me. Exactly. Like, it's just going to be a second rate version of a dog. Just get a dog. Um, anyway, uh, I'm I'm 19 and I move in uh, with my dad and his now ex-wife, Terry, in Atlanta. And uh, they get two little black kittens. They also have a German Shepherd, which was adorable. Great dog. And I get to know these cats, you know, uh, pretty well. And it's the first time that I'm living with cats and we, we start to like hang out a little bit. They let me pet them. We like play games like as much as cats can play games. And I start to kind of pick up on the whole cat vibe. Like we're, we're vibing. We're cool. We're chill or whatever. And I get to the point where like, I like cats now. You know what? Cats are pretty cool. Like, and this is a big step for me. I'm like, I've finally evolved as a person. You know what? Like I'm ready to enter my twenties as someone who likes cats 
and dogs. I'm a well-rounded individual. Anyways. No longer will this fucking war persist. This endless war between canine and feline. Continue, sorry. It it felt like two decades of my life were were finally coming to a a nice close, nice little bow on it. It was like when you Um, uh, make up with someone and you don't even remember why you were mad to begin with. You're like, why have I had this hatred in my heart for so long, man? Exactly. And so, like, finally, I'm I'm in this really great place with these cats. We're getting along. We we fucking love each other. I think. <laughs> I'm laying in my bed. I'm watching TV. I leave the door open. I hear two little cats come in with their little cat paws, and I'm like, "Oh, that's cute." They jump on the bed. I'm like, "Oh, that's cute." I fall asleep watching TV, watching some bullshit like true crime. Um, I wake up. There's something like kind of sticky on my face and then something sticky on my arms and like wet. And I, I like get up and I sit up. I am covered head to toe, the comforter, me, my face in cat shit. And the only part of the bed that isn't is this little corner and who's sitting there, but those two fuckers and they're staring at me. Okay. Dead eyes. Thousand <laughs> yards there. I have so many questions here. Hold on, hold on. How long have you been li- how long have you had you been living there when this happened? This has been like a full eight months of oh me my knowing God. these. They cats. fucking lulled you into a false sense of security and probably by the by the amount of shit apparently had not shit for eight months waiting for this moment to have access where you kept that door cracked open and they could walk in and shit on your entire existence man they let well, you know that, what they think of your entire ancestors with that shit that's the thing man like they were playing the long game i'm convinced they they were planning that because they had so many opportunities to shit on me but they earned my trust they earned my respect they earned my love even yeah this and is- then just when I let my guard down, shit all over him. This is the problem that villains don't seem to understand is you don't betray a fucker on the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, not even eighth, ninth right. times. Okay. You got to wait until you get in there as a friend yeah. and then you stab him right in the back or you shit on him, whatever, <laughs> either one. <laughs>
moon becomes the sun And in the taxi home I'll sing you a triplet song Ooh. 